Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Well, it is a privilege to get to share the word of God with you this morning. Just pardon my transition. I have stuff to put up. Can you give me a second? Yeah. All right. Here we are. All right. So... We have been in a year-long theme. What is it? There we go. A year-long theme of what? Christology. Christology. Right. And so this whole year, we have been discovering Jesus woven in and out all of Scripture. And we've got a theme Scripture. All right. Let's read it first in English. Let's toss that up on the screen. Let's read it all together. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Vamos a leer en español. Yo soy el alfa y la omega, el principio y el fin. Apocalipsis 1.8. All right, and we've had a phrase that we have been saying together. This year we are finding Jesus from cover to cover. Let's get on the screen and let's do it again. We don't have it? All right, it's finding Jesus from cover to cover. Poke your neighbor. Poke your neighbor. Say, hey, we're finding Jesus from cover to cover. In Espanol, estamos descubriendo a Jesucristo de principio a fin. All right, give yourselves a hand for being here. Let me ask you, if you could have any superpower right now in this moment, what would you have? Shout them out. Give me some superpowers. Time travel. Heat vision. Invisibility. What? Flying. All right, what else? Come on, give me some more. Huh? Teleportation, all right, what else? Yes, I love it, what else? Super strong, all right, all right. So if I had to choose one right now, I would most definitely go with Colleen back there with teleportation, because this guy works along perimeter. So every morning I'm driving down 75 southbound by the baseball stadium and back up 75 in the mornings in the afternoon or in the afternoon. So you best believe that if I could just boop and show up in my office and boop, show up back home, I'm all about saving an hour and a half of traffic. Anybody else out there? Man. So every disciple of Jesus, any disciples of Jesus out there, every single disciple of Jesus has access to God. Touch your neighbor, tell him you have access to God. You know, we might not be able to teleport and fly. That might just be in the MCU. But the reality is that as disciples of Jesus, we have intimate access to the limitless one. We have intimate access to the all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God of the universe. All right? If, there, if that's not a superpower, I don't know what is. We have access to the creator of all things. He gives us disciples Children of God, he gives us intimate access to him. And you know, prayer is an invitation for us. Prayer is how we tap in to that access. Prayer is the place where heaven and earth are colliding in us and through us. So maybe you can't teleport today, but you have access to the God of the universe if we would just pray. So today we're going to talk about being a watchman. Can you say watchman? In the Old Testament, in in that time, there were these guys called watchmen. You can think about them as like a sentry, 
right? These were people that were posted along the walls of a city and their whole job description, get this, their whole job description was to look out and see if something comes. That was the job of a watchman, okay? And so today we are going to talk about the the call on every believer to be a watchman. If there was one thing that you could remember from today, one thing that you could take away, I would ask you to take away this. This is the main point, all right? Say main point. This is it. This is the big cheese. Are you ready? We are all called to be watchmen. We are all called. Who's called? All of us. We. (laughs) Right, Kwame? We are all called to be watchmen. Or in other words, we are all called to a lifestyle of intercession. Can you say that? Lifestyle of intercession. So we're going to look at what this, this call to be a watchman is today. But before we do that, let's get some definitions clear. So in, in Western church culture, we use the words prayer and intercession synonymously. We use them interchangeably. Oh, come to my prayer and intercession night. Let's come to church for prayer and intercession. But the reality is, is prayer and intercession are distinct things. All right. What is prayer? I think we have it on the screen for you. Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is not saying a bunch of words and then putting amen at the end. That doesn't make something prayer. Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is also listening to God. Prayer is being with him, being in his presence. Prayer is communication. Poke your neighbor, tell him prayer is communication. But what is intercession? The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines intercession as the action of intervening on behalf of another. Often through prayer, but intercession is intervening on behalf of a? Of another. You see, uh, Kwame was talking about this in worship, and it was so powerful. I don't know if you, the presence of God this morning, he's here. All right, He is in this place and he is moving and he wants to encounter you. But the reality is, is that sin separates us from God, right? Sin comes in between our relationship with God and it keeps us at arm's distance. It keeps us away. And you know, I grew up in church. My dad was a pastor. Any pastor's kids out there? Any? Yeah, okay, there's a few of us. All right. So I grew up in church and I grew up knowing that sin was bad all right, sin is bad, all right? And something they teach kids in kids' church, the other day, Joshie was like, Daddy, say no to sins and yes to Jesus. Like, Encounter Kids has got it, all right? He was, he was saying that. So I grew up knowing sin is bad. But do you want to know why sin is so bad to God? Do you want to know why God hates sin so much? Because sin keeps you and I from being close to him. Sin separates him from the object of his utmost affection and love. God hates sin because it keeps you from being close to him. It keeps me from being close to him. That's why God hates sin. And so the reality is, is that if I'm living in a lifestyle of sin, I am separated from God. I'm not close to him like he desires for me to be close. 
And so what is intercession? Intercession is when somebody that was far from God repents of their sin and turns to Jesus, is washed in his blood. The Bible says that I become born again. I become a new person, a new creation. And the Bible literally says in Hebrews 11 that I can boldly approach God now that the blood of Jesus has covered me. It says that I can, I'm not, I'm no longer at arm's length. I can get right up next to God because of the blood of Jesus. And so intercession is somebody that can get close to God coming before him on behalf of somebody that can't. Did you catch that? Intercession is standing in the gap on behalf of somebody else. Because there are so many people out there with so much stuff going on in their lives. But because of sin, they don't have access to God like we do. And God is looking for a people that will say, here I am, Lord, let me be a watchman. Let me get right up next to you and bring their situations before you and invite your presence and your power into their lives. See, that's intercession. Getting right up with God on behalf of somebody that can't. And I got a couple of quotes that I wanted to just share with you. You can see them in your digital bulletin or in the printout version. But I just wanted to read these, some quotes that really hit me as I was preparing on intercession. The first one is Andrew Murray. And he says that time spent in prayer will yield more than that given to work. Prayer alone gives work its worth and its success. Prayer opens the way for God himself to do his work in us and through us. Let our chief work as God's messengers, anybody who's a a messenger for God out there, let our chief work as God's messengers be intercession because in it we secure the presence and power of God to go with us. Oswald Chambers says, Jesus Christ carries on intercession for us in heaven. The Holy Ghost carries on intercession in us on earth. And we, the saints, have to carry on intercession for all men. And one that really cut me deep from Charles Spurgeon. He said, oh, men and brethren, what would this heart feel If I could but believe that there were some among you who would go home and pray for a revival. Men whose faith is large enough and their love fiery enough to lead them from this moment to exercise unceasing intercessions that God would appear among us and do wondrous things here as in the time of former generations. We are all called to a lifestyle of intercession. So today I've got three points. How many? First point is intercession begins with God's heart. Intercession begins with God's heart. Point number two, intercession takes persistence. And point number three, intercession prepares the way. Are you ready to jump into it, Encounter Church? So... As we jump into intercession begins with God's heart, let's look at Isaiah 62. Isaiah 62. And we're going to start right up in verse 1. 
And you can follow along in, in, uh, along the screens. We've got it listed for you. Or uh, in your Bible app, it's all there. So Isaiah 62, 1. Intercession begins with God's heart. With whose heart? It says, because I love Zion, I will not keep still. Because my heart yearns for Jerusalem, I cannot remain silent. I will not stop praying for her until her righteousness shines like the dawn and her salvation blazes like a burning torch. Intercession begins with God's heart. You see, at this point in Israel's history, because of their consistent idolatry and sin, they were exiled from their, their land. They were exiled to a pagan nation because of persistent sin. And the prophet Isaiah, who is in right standing with God, is beginning this chapter in a moment of intercession. And he's, and he's crying out on behalf of Jerusalem. He's crying out on behalf of the people of God. But I love that he begins with, because I love Zion, because my heart yearns for Jerusalem. That's the heart of God for us, family. Intercession begins when we catch God's heart for people. Because the reality is, God burns with love for you. Did you know that? God burns with love for you, friend. His heart longs for you, for you to be right up with him, in close, intimate relationship. God's heart burns with passion for us. He longs to be close to you. And you know, something that hit me last week about this, about God's heart, his heart as a father. You know, if you don't know me, um, my wife and I are the youth pastors here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I hit the big 3-0. I'm 30 now. Whoop, whoop. Uh, we have two kiddos. So we've got Joshua, who's three and a half, and Abby, who's about one and a half. All right? And so last Sunday, you know, I'm here. I'm playing drums. Bree is bringing the kiddos to church. And Joshy does this thing with Abby. It's normally very cute. He takes her by the hand. He goes, nice to meet you. And he shakes her, her little tiny hand. So they were sitting in their car seats. And he grabbed her hand and was doing, nice to meet you. And then yanked on her arm super hard. And so we get Abby out of the car and her arm is hanging limp. And when we touched it, she would start crying like real tears, guys. Real tears, all right? So, of course, as a dad, my heart is breaking because I don't want anything, anything to hurt my little girl. She has daddy wrapped around her tiny little one-and-a-half-year-old fingers, man. But I don't want anything to hurt her. So in my heart, I'm frustrated and I'm, and I'm upset that somebody is inflicting pain on my daughter. I want to remedy the situation. I want to help her. But the problem or the challenge is, is that the culprit is my other child. <laughs> and so I'm frustrated with him, but then I'm frustrated with myself for being frustrated at him because I love him. And he's just a toddler. He doesn't realize how strong he is and how fragile she is. So I'm in this weird tension. You know, and it hits me that this is the same tension that God the Father feels for us. Imagine God's heart. That's the tiniest glimpse of God's heart. Imagine God's heart when his child is diagnosed with cancer. Imagine God's heart when there's another divorce, when there's a broken family. Imagine God's heart when somebody has depression and loneliness or feels rejected at school. Imagine the heart of God, how his heart breaks for that person. 
But intercession begins when I catch God's heart and I realize, God, not only do you love me, not only do you love it when I put my life before you, but you want me to be filled with your love for others. Because the same love, friend, that God has for you, the passion that he burns with for you, he burns with for the person next to you. He burns with for the stranger down the street. He burns with for your classmate that irritates you. He burns you for your parents. He burns with love for every single human being on this planet. And God is just looking for a church that will love his people like he loves his people. Would we be willing to move past ourselves and catch God's heart for everyone around us. Because he is the all-powerful one, right? What is cancer to the God of the universe? Not to minimize cancer, but to magnify Jesus. What is depression to the God who gives joy unspeakable? What is anxiety to the God of peace that passes understanding? These things that plague us in our lives, God wants and yearns to remedy those, just like I wanted to help Abby. God burns with passion to remedy those situations. He's just looking for a people that will partner with him in intercession and pray until something happens. There's a call to every believer to a lifestyle of intercession. Do you want to know how it ended with Abby? <laughs> this girl, this girl. Either we've experienced a miracle and God is among us, or she might be a tad bit dramatic. <laughs> TBD. So she, Bree takes her to the doctor, they, or to urgent care, and they examine her arm. So thankfully there was no fracture, there was no breakage. They just said it's a muscle, a muscle tear, a muscle strain, Okay. One to two week recovery period. Those of you that have had kids, imagine a one and a half year old trying to nap without being able to move their arm for two, one to two weeks. We are like, oh Jesus. I wish I could show you the picture. They gave her this baby, little baby swing, sling. So her little arm was here and it's adorable, adorable. But if you touched her arm, she would cry, big old crocodile tears. And so Bree and I are getting ready to put her to bed and we need to give her a bath. And so we're like, trying to so gently take her clothes off and wash her arm and, and it was just tears and everything. We're sitting in the warm water and, and then all of a sudden, this girl just gets her hands, puts them on me, stands up, grabs a toy with the bad arm and starts hitting me with it. <laughs> so I called up Bria. I was like, either I've just witnessed a miracle or this girl was milking the affection. <laughs> pray for us. Pray for your pastors, all right? Pray for us. But we got to catch God's heart because God's heart burns with so much passion. His love is unfathomable. Who could understand the heights, the, the width, the breadth, the length, the depth of his love for me, but not just me, for the friend next to me? If I would just catch God's heart for the people around me. See, intercession, friends, begins with God's heart. Intercession starts with me, but it moves to others. So intercession begins with God's heart. Let's take a look at intercession. Point number two begin, or takes persistence. Say persistence. persistence. Intercession takes persistence. Let's keep going in Isaiah 62, verse 6 through 7. You can follow along on the screen if you like. It says, O Jerusalem, I have posted. Let's try it again. O Jerusalem, I have posted on your walls. They will pray day and night continually. Take no rest, 
all you who pray to the Lord, give the Lord no rest until he completes his work, until he makes Jerusalem the pride of the earth. See, in this moment, the Lord was giving through Isaiah a prophetic promise to the people of of God, the people of Israel. He was saying, hey, because of your sin, you were exiled, but don't worry. There is going to be a day when I bring you back and you won't be rejected any longer. You'll be the pride of the earth again, Israel. I'm going to restore you. You're going to be a godly nation again. It was in the place of intercession that God gave Isaiah a prophetic promise. Have you ever received a prophetic promise for God? Maybe, it, maybe you're a parent and your children aren't following the Lord. It's in the place of prayer that we receive prophetic promises to begin to pray and declare over them. But you know what? Intercession takes persistence. I don't know about you, but I give up in prayer all too easily. Sometimes God gives us prophetic promises, but a prophetic promise from God is an invitation into a wrestling match. WWE Smackdown God Edition. He is inviting us into a wrestling match. Caleb, what does that mean? In the Old Testament, Jacob, or Israel, was traveling, and he was going through a place he called Bethel. And an angel of the Lord appears to him that night, and he begins to wrestle with this angel. And they're wrestling all night. Talk about like an eight to ten hour wrestling match or something. I don't know how long he slept or whatever. But when daybreak was coming, the angel said, hey, let me go. Because daybreak is coming. And you know what Jacob said? Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And he held tight to that angel. He wrestled and held on until he got a blessing. And you know what? God was pleased because he got a blessing. You see, a prophetic promise given to us from the Lord is an invitation into a wrestling match. It's it's an invitation from the Lord to begin to wrestle with his promise. To come into a place of intercession and say, God, you promised me that my children would love you and fear you and serve you all the days of their life. It's not happened yet, but you don't tell lies. You are faithful to your word. So, Lord, I'm not going to give you any break. There's no rest for you, God, until you fulfill the promise that you gave me. You see, intercession takes persistence. It's when I wake up wrestling with the Lord, not giving up, not losing faith. It's getting that angel in a headlock until you bless me, until you break through in this generation, until you revive my family, until you save my coworker that I've been praying for. Intercession takes persistence. I give up way too easily. It's time for us to wrestle with the Lord. Let's not give him any breaks until he fulfills his promise, until he fulfills his word. And you know, that might seem counterintuitive. Like, why would I wrestle with God? He's the promise keeper. He's faithful. Yes, he is. But can you wrestle far away from somebody? No, wrestling is nitty gritty. You're right up and, you know, you're right up with somebody, you know, skin to skin, RKO, all of it. What does God's heart long for? Closeness. You see, people that intercede with persistence, they get up right up to the heart of God and they put a demand on the anointing. They say, God, because of your promise, I'm not going to let you go until you accomplish this. You see, I believe that people that live a lifestyle of intercession, watchmen, they experience you know, such close fellowship with the Lord. They experience such supernatural breakthrough and, and God moves in such a mighty way because they with faith. It takes faith to place a demand on the anointing. 
It takes faith to say, God, you've promised it. I haven't seen it for three years, but I'm not giving up until you bless me. And God loves that disciple. He loves that watchman that won't let him rest until he accomplishes his work. What prophetic promises has he given you in Counter Church? What prophetic promises has he spoken to you in the place of prayer to cry out over your children, to pray over your coworkers, to pray over your classmates, to pray over our city? Don't give the Lord any rest until he fulfills his word. You know, we've been praying. God gave us a, a prophetic promise when we, helped, when we started to plant the church back in 2014 that we would see a sovereign move of God. Does that mean that God's not faithful to his promise because nine years later we haven't seen the fullness of it yet? No, it's an invitation to wrestle. He's inviting us in in counter church. See, intercession begins with God's heart. Intercession takes persistence. But intercession prepares the way. Let's finish out in Isaiah 62, verse 10. He says, go out through the gates. Prepare the highway for my people to return. Smooth out the road. Pull out the boulders. Raise a flag for all the nations to see. I love it. I love it. God is, through Isaiah, he's telling his people, not only have I given you a promise, but it's time to do something about that promise. It's time to take, out, take that step. It's time to take that move. And I love it because God's heart yearns to break through in the situations of those that are around us, right? He yearns to intervene on behalf of his children. He's just waiting for praying people that will intercede, that will bring those situations before him in a place of prayer so that his presence and power can move, right? And so it's when we begin to pray, when we partner with God in the place of intercession, when we step into the role as watchmen, that we are literally inviting the presence and power of God to move. And our prayers activate heaven. Your prayers activate heaven. Your prayers, your communication with God moves his heart. Do you believe that? Do I believe that today? My prayers move his heart. I don't know about you, but there's so many times I feel like I'm just lobbing words up at the ceiling, hoping that God will hear me. The reality is, is that as a son of God, my prayers move him. And you know, we just read in the Bible reading plan, we finished up in Daniel, and I love in Daniel 9, Daniel the prophet is praying and fasting, and the angel Gabriel appears to him in Daniel 9. He says, the moment that you began to pray, I was sent on your behalf. The moment you begin to pray, angels are activated on your behalf. <laughs> Let that sink in. The moment that you begin to intercede, the moment that your knees hit the ground and you begin to cry out for your city, angels are, are sent out on your, on your behalf. God's heart in heaven is moved. Revelation 6, it paints a picture for us. And, and it's a picture before the throne. And an angel comes and he gets the prayers of God's people and he mixes them with incense. And it says it's thrown up before the Lord. Every one of our prayers ascends up before the Father. And it continues because then it says that fire was taken from the altar and sent down to earth. When you pray, heaven is moved and things shift on the earth. When I take my place as a watchman, 
God is activated on my behalf. We don't have superpowers, but we have that kind of access. What would happen? What would our church look like if we took that seat, if we took our place as watchmen? What would our city look like if we prayed with such faith that angels were activated, that God's heart was moved, and revival at Halloween broke out, and 8,000 people get saved? God can do it. He's waiting on us. What would happen if his people wouldn't come to church simply to just receive, but if we would come to church to encounter him and we would go home and pray? Like Spurgeon said, we would go home. If only just some of us would go home and cry and contend and persist in intercession, that a revival would break out. There's an invitation in counter church for each of us today to step into a lifestyle of intercession. And you know, the beautiful part of all of this, intercession begins with God's heart. Intercession takes persistence. Intercession prepares the way. But even as we pray, the Bible says in, in Romans 8, 34, it says that Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father interceding on your behalf. I get it. We have lives. We have struggles and battles and, and finances and issues and frustrations and brokenness. We have lives, right? It's like, but if I give myself to pray for others, God, what about me? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is at the right hand of the Father, interceding on your behalf, friend. When we wrestle with him for others, he doesn't forget our needs. He's a good father. So the invitation from heaven today for each of us is to answer the call to be a watchman. And let me just give you a couple of tips and then we're going to close this thing out. Intercession is so powerful. You know, there's been many times in my life that, reality check, like, we will get offended and hurt with one another. I'm going to lovingly burst a few bubbles. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect pastor. There is no perfect ministry. What there simply are, are communities of people that love Jesus so much that we're willing to love one another even when it hurts. The reality is we will be hurt. We don't, we don't look for it. We don't try to. But if we get hurt, a tip for you, something that I've learned just as in the lifestyle of intercession is that when I'm feeling bitter and frustrated with somebody, my natural response is to harden my heart and to push them away. But the, the invitation of heaven is to begin to intercede on behalf of that person. Because, you know, it, it, says, it literally says in Isaiah 62.10, it says that, you know, prepare the way. Clear, pull out the boulders. Clear the road. You see, intercession clears two things. Intercession clears my heart of obstructions. So when I'm offended with somebody, literally, how could I get into a place of intercession? Because intercession begins with whose heart? God's not offended with us. 
So when I get up with God in intercession and I'm crying out for Felicia, even though she's hurt me, I begin to catch God's heart for Felicia. And I begin to pray for her out of God's heart, not my heart. In my heart, the, the boulders are pulled out. The road is smoothed out. The way is made clear in me because I've been in a place of intercession. So church, what would it look like in our community if instead of being bitter and gossiping and slandering one another and hardening our hearts against one another, what if we would pray? What if we would be people that would bring each other before the Lord? So not only does he clear out our hearts, but that his presence and power are invited into our friends' situations. Heaven is activated on their behalf. Angels are sent on their behalf. What would a community look like if we would pray, watchmen, Jesus said that the world would know that we are his disciples by the way we love one another. Not by being perfect, not by being fake and plastic, but by loving and the key to love and, and keeping a heart that's clear and pure is intercession. Intercession clears my heart of obstructions and it invites God's presence and power into other situations. One more tip. I just feel like I have to tell you. I took this out of my notes, but we have enough time. So, If you've been around Encounter Church for any amount of time, you know that we are passionate about preaching the gospel to people. We are passionate about sharing the gospel. Bree and I are the youth pastors. The youth is called Loud Youth, and our vision is living out loud for Jesus. We see a generation that's rising up that's not afraid to live their faith out loud, right? And so part of living a, a loud faith is sharing the gospel with those around us, right? And maybe God gives you a coworker. I know I have a couple of coworkers in my office that I'm, I'm, I'm pounding heaven's doors about. But something that I've learned is... in. You know, it's easy for us, like, let's set up a lunch or a meeting or a hangout or to get together to grow in relationship with this person. But a tip for you is before you ever approach somebody to share the gospel, before you ever spark a conversation, how about you win the battle in, the, in, in intercession? Because intercession, it clears my heart, so my heart towards them is God's heart, but intercession invites his presence and power into their situation. You know, in Las Cruces, uh, Will, Will Brainerd, he's the, one of the director of kids. You know, Will worked at a restaurant with me. And, you know, I, I prayed for a year for Will to encounter Jesus and to get saved. It took persistence. I was wrestling for this guy. But then he had a radical encounter with God. He was radically saved, radically touched. But the key wasn't that I'm so awesome. I'm not. I'm awkward and, and weird and, and, and funky. But it, it's because we wage a war in the secret place. Because we are fighting not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and, and evil spirits and dark things, right? And so prayer is when we pull out the sword of the spirit. Prayer is when we get into the offensive and we're enforcing the kingdom of our God. We're enforcing the reality of the kingdom of God on this earth. So before I ever preach the gospel, let me pray. Before I ever meet up with a coworker, let me pray. Let's be people that intercede first so that when we show up, we're walking into victorious land. The call of God for each of us today is to be watchmen. So as we close, 
Jesus Christ is interceding on your behalf, friend. Right now, Jesus is interceding on your behalf. But like we said at the very beginning, the reality is that sin separates us from God. God longs to be close to you. He yearns to be in your life, to be right up with you in every situation, in every trouble and trial and and challenge. He longs to be close. But because of his holiness, he, he can't draw near us when there's a lifestyle of sin. And so the very first and most important thing that Jesus Christ is interceding for your behalf on friend is to be in right standing with God again. We can't be watchmen if we're not right with God. But he's inviting each one of us today. So just maybe close your eyes for a moment. Invite the worship team to to come up. But let's just take a moment and block out all distractions. I just want to ask for for reverence for the the presence of God because he's here. But maybe you find yourself today in a place where you say, Caleb, there's, there is sin in my life. I know that I'm not right with God. I don't, I'm not close with him. I'm not in a place that I should be with God. And today, God is inviting you, friend. He's inviting you into relationship with him to be right up close with God's heart. And so I want to be very bold. If that's you, if you find yourself in a place, in a position where you're not right with God, but today you're making the decision to confess your sin, to turn away from a sinful lifestyle and to to pursue Jesus, to live for Jesus. If that's you, I want you to slip your hand up really quick because I want to pray with you. Okay, who else? If that's you and you're not right with Jesus today, I want to pray with you. Okay, I'll give just 30 more seconds for this. I saw that hand. Prayer, this prayer that I'm going to invite you to to pray is not magic. The prayer does not save you. It's faith in Jesus, the Son of God, who loved you and I so much that he vacated his heavenly throne. He put aside all that he deserved in worship and adoration and he humbled himself to be a man, to live a perfect life among us so that his life could be the only acceptable sacrifice for our sin because God's heart burns for you and I so much he allowed his son Jesus to take the punishment for our sin. He allowed his son to be be whipped and beaten, to be rejected and spat upon, to be ultimately crucified, nailed to a wooden cross in punishment for a sin he never committed because of his love for you and I. And when I place my faith in Jesus, when I say, Jesus, I I recognize that I have lived a lifestyle of sin. I've been far from you. I've rejected God. I've turned my back on you and I've lived my own way. I've lived like the world. I've I've pursued other things, other people, but not you, Jesus. And today, I repent, Lord. I turn my back to sin and I turn towards you, Jesus. I will follow you, 
Jesus all the days of my life. Give me a new heart. Give me a new life. Save me, Lord Jesus. Wash me clean of all of my sin. I receive a new heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to encourage you if you prayed that prayer in faith today. And have the team put it on the screen in a second. We invite you to text the word Jesus to the number on the screen if you prayed that prayer in faith. We want to give you more information about what it means to follow Jesus. But as we wrap up this last part of our ministry time, I invite you just to stand to your feet. And the worship team is going to begin to take us into a time of, of, of worship to be in His presence. But I feel one very strong call. And there's an invitation from heaven today for everyone in this room God is inviting each of us to answer the call to be a watchman. To be a watchman for your children. To be a watchman for your classmates. To be a watchman for your generation, for your school, for your city. To be a watchman for your coworkers. To be a watchman for your, your neighbors. God is inviting each of us from the very youngest to the most seasoned in the room. He's inviting us to be watchmen. But God's not going to twist your arm. He's not going to force you to do anything. He's simply extending his hand and say, hey, would you come into my heart and catch my heart for souls? Would you come into an encounter with my heart and let me break your heart for the situations and the lives around you? And if, that's, if you decide today, you say, you know what, I don't even know exactly what it looks like, but I'm saying yes to the lifestyle of intercession. I'm saying yes to be a watchman. I want to invite you to just boldly come to the front because I believe today the Spirit of God is going to begin to activate the spirit of intercession inside of us. He's going to begin to grip our hearts with His heart. He's going to begin to pour His Spirit into us until we cry out and pray and, and, and our hearts are broken. So if that's you, just come to the altar as the worship team begins to lead us and just begin to lift up your heart to the Lord right there. You don't need anyone laying hands on you. This is a moment of impartation from the Spirit of God into your spirit. Jesus, we receive the spirit of intercession today, Lord. We say yes to being watchmen for our city. We say yes to being watchmen for our families. We say yes, Lord. We say yes to receiving your heart for the lost. We say yes, God, to praying persistently. We say yes, God, to living a life of prayer that prepares the way for your presence and power to move. We say yes, Lord. Begin to grip our hearts today. And we're gonna take some time and pray until God moves.
maybe in, in this moment, if you have your, your prayer language, just begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Let's, let's begin to activate our spirits and engage with the Spirit of God. Yes, 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 yes. Lord, we repent, God. We repent, Lord, where there's been selfishness in our hearts, Lord. We repent, God, when we've allowed our hearts to be selfish and self-focused, Lord. When we've turned our eyes away from your people, Lord, we've hardened our hearts to others, Lord. We repent today, Jesus. I ask, Lord, that you would clear out our hearts. You would forgive us, Lord. Today, wash us clean, Lord, of of, of a selfish Christianity. Wash us clean, Lord, of a self-focused faith, Lord. Begin to break our hearts for those around us, God. Begin to grip us with those that are in our, our circles, in our spheres of influence, Jesus. Begin to move in me, Lord, till I catch your heart. room Jesus (laughs) you're here spirit of God pouring out the spirit of intercession in our hearts Lord everyone that's answered yes to be a watchman pour out right now by the spirit of God I release the spirit of intercession Lord that it would begin to grip our hearts oh God I release the spirit of intercession by the spirit of God today oh grip us Lord Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.